Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. So today, in a case, more versus U.S. that will be heard before the U.S. Supreme Court relative to the 16th Amendment, the federal government's power to tax income. What is income and when is income? Vance Ginn, chief economist at the Pelican Institute and former chief economist for the White House Office of Management and Budget joins us. Vance, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Vance, there are those that are saying that this case could have some far-reaching implications. If you could, for the listening audience, kind of give us the backdrop to it and what is it and when does it happen? Well, that's right. I mean, there was the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, also known as the Trump Tax Cuts, um, that put in some place some innovations for any sort of money that was brought back from foreign countries, um, whether it be individuals or companies, to basically repatriate that at a lower tax rate than what was out there before then. And that helped it to provide a lot more funding back to the United States and grow jobs and innovation and everything else. Um, and, and a part of this, and this more versus the United States, is to say, you know, some of the unrealized earnings um, should also be taxed. And in, in many ways, this would be a wealth tax um, that should not exist in the U.S., and I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court will, will, will see it that way. But it, it could mean that many people across the country could see their taxes go up if they have stocks, if they have bonds. Any sort of unrealized gains could end up being taxed, which is what the progressive left have been trying to do for a long time. This could be a way to go down that path. I'm hopeful that it won't happen, but that could happen. Some um, economists are saying roughly a third of the tax code could be all tangled up like a pretzel uh, yeah. if the court decides this, uh, where um, it has to be um, one or the other, unrealized or realized. Well, that's right. I mean, there, it really is a divide right now. When you look at the tax code of earned income is what's being taxed. You do have capital gains taxes. You have dividends taxes. Um, but those are based on the returns that you that you cash out on on realized gains, not the amount that you have in the stock. Let's say you bought it at $100. Now it's 150 Well, you haven't cashed it out. Um, that That's not a realized gain. So today it would not be taxed. However, if this goes through with the Moore versus U.S., um, that would mean that that 50 extra dollars could be taxed, and you haven't even got that, that money yet. So then it pushes you back as far as, you know, how much you owe in taxes, your liabilities and everything else. And um, this would dramatically change the way we do taxes in the United States in a bad direction. From a revenue perspective, this is as much as it's being reported as $338 billion in revenue uh, that's being generated by this 2017 uh, tax law and, and this act. Mostly big, big companies but they didn't realize that it was going to have an impact on others that are not similarly situated to Microsoft, Apple, and others. Well, that's right. 
I mean, it's interesting because you get a lot of uh, good intentions with some of these laws, but then we have to look at the results. <laughs> and and this is one of yes. the situations where, you know, I think we've had a lot of people who have wanted a wealth tax in the United States for a long time, and they see this as an opportunity to do that. I'm, I'm hopeful that that will not be the case, but, you know, whenever you're talking about $350 billion or realized, unrealized gains could be much more than that, if they are taking that out of the productive private sector, that means less money for capital investments, for job creation, for wage growth. And right now, many people are still suffering from the high inflation that's been across the United States and job growth is slowing, this is not the time that we need to be raising any sort of taxes. And just so it's clear for our listening audience, this 2017 tax law was really about foreign investment only, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly and, right. But uh-huh. it, has a, it has a much broader policy implication as to how we treat all income in this country. It does. It does. And... Um, you know, with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, there were reductions in individual income taxes. There was a reduction in the corporate tax rate from 35% in the highest in the developed world down to 21%, which really supported a lot more economic growth and more businesses moving back to the U.S. And then the big part that has to do mostly with this more versus the U.S. is the, you know, kind of the repatriated dollars that were brought back and the unrealized gains that were there. Um, how should we tax those in the future? And so while more in this, in this case um, didn't have a whole lot of tax liability, it, it, it could set a bad precedent if they're going to have to be you know, made to forced to pay taxes on that. Um, and given some of the changes in the law, the expirations from some of the 2017 tax cuts and jobs act, um, this could definitely put pressure on a lot of corporations and ultimately people um, if something, if, if this goes through. So, um, Vance, let's bring this down to the least common denominator for regular Joe citizen. Most people are not investors in the stock market, right? Yeah. But they are investors in their 401k or some deferred comp plan uh, where they they have gains in pro- and mm-hmm. profits on their investments, but they're not realized. Um, what happened? Could 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 you know this ruling one way or the other impact those types of investments? Yeah, I mean, that'll be something that'll be, need to be looked at more, more closely. But for what I'm gathering so far and done some, some research in this area, um, it's certainly the ones with investments, direct investments, which you're, you're right, not as many people do that directly, but they do have these indirect investments um, in these companies with their 401ks, with their exchange-traded funds. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if these particular types of funds and accounts will also fall under this liability to pay the unrealized taxes. Um, I think that will that will definitely be up for debate. Um, but I, and looking at it from a lot of tax accountants and things of that nature, and, and tax lawyers in particular, will have to determine you know what that's going to be. And you know I, I think it's a great point though that you're bringing up here is that what it will lead to is a lot of uncertainty. And what families hate is uncertainty. I know I do with my family. Uh, businesses hate uncertainty because you don't know as much in the future, and especially when it's coming from the tax code. Um, which is is difficult, if not impossible, to avoid <laughs> without any sort of other um, fees or penalties or something else. So this is going to bring a lot of uncertainty when a time when we don't need it, when the economy is already not doing that well. And then, as you pointed out earlier, the political uh, perspective or uh, kind of, I, I'm not sure how to characterize it, but th- there's a political issue out there right now. There's there's a difference of opinion amongst Democrats, Republicans, independents, about what you mentioned, this wealth tax, if you're taxing unrealized gains, meaning 
you don't have the money yet. It's out there. It, it, it's a booking entry, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you That's don't right. have you don't have access to those funds. There are a number of folks on the Dem- on the D side of the aisle that believe that we should be taxing those at the moment at at the end, year end as to the value of those. Yes. But the flip side would be true too, right? If you had losses, you'd book losses as well. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's another great question that they often don't they often want to overlook. But that would be the logical next step: is that if you have losses, you should be able to write all those losses off. But I don't think that's what the way that they'll end up writing it or, or um, interpreting it that way. Uh, if, if some have their if some have their perspective on it, because you know ultimately what this is. Um, is a envy. It's a class struggle of trying to take from those who have more in income and wealth and things of that nature um, to redistribute by government so they can spend more. So really it's a way to get more tax revenue in the system, um, which will make the system you know, more complicated, have a lot more distortions in the economy, and cause a lot of other problems in Louisiana and elsewhere. And so unfortunately um, this could lead to a lot of ripple effects throughout the, the economy and people's livelihoods. So one other avenue that I was kind of wondering about, there are not as many as there once was, I don't believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, like these mutual fund companies, right, where you have insurance mm. that you're buying and, and you've, you're actually becoming an investor in the company. Would that be a fair characterization? Uh, yes. What happens with those? I mean, there's value there, right? There is value. That, that's right. Um, and then I guess it would be determined on the, 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 the valuation of the company. Um, and that could be in a, lot of, in, in a lot of different ways. That is, is it based on the goodwill of the company? Is it based on the trademarks, the branding that's there, the profitability um, or the lack of profitability, depending on which way the company is at? Um, there, it really does bring up a lot of key questions that, 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 uh, that, that I don't think – the founding fathers of the country uh, would have thought that this would be the type of tax that we would have. I mean, it took a while for the income tax, right? The income tax um, was brought up yeah, was uh, like under nine, Lincoln. 1915, well, I think? Yes. Or, or, 1913 uh, was the um, – was the in, was the income tax uh, was was first put in place? Um, Lincoln had put it in during the Civil War, and then they then it went away, and then it came back a couple of times later. But they would find it unconstitutional, and it wasn't until the Sixteenth Amendment that brought it back and made it to where uh, they could have an income tax. Now we're talking about wealth taxes and everything else. This is this is not the direction that we need to be going. No, not at all. It's going to be interesting uh, to see. Um where, where are the odds as it relates to the Supreme Court and where this may be headed? I'm, you know, there's a morning line on everything. I'm sure there's one on Vegas on this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I think it's pretty low that this all goes through and that there's a major change. I, I'm hopeful that given the makeup of the current Supreme Court, um, that they will see <laughs> the error of this direction that we would go and, and find that this is not the sort of precedent that we should be setting in America. Um, because if, 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 if we do go in that direction, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm really concerned about the, about the, the overall system, uh, the economy, uh, and what this will do for financial investments for the future. Just like I said earlier about uncertainty, expectations really matter. And if you're reducing people's yeah. unrealized gains or just gains in general over time from, from in some sense, no fault of your own, that's going to take a massive hit to the entrepreneurship and the innovation for the future. 
Yeah, no doubt at all. And it's going to be interesting to see where it, it really caught my attention because so many economists were opining, saying this could be a mess. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. And it's rare. It's rare that you have so many actually on both sides of the aisle saying speaking off the same script. Right. Saying this yeah. could potentially be a huge mess. Yeah, well, uh, us economists, we like to talk uh, on our left hand and our right hand, and then how many ever hands we can get around us. <laughs> um, and and you know, I, I try to give, I try to give it to you straight, and and for your audience as well. You know, I I, I, I because you got to look at where the the assumptions are. Why do people want to do right. this? And, and to then see what the policy is, and then determine whether or not this is constitutional. And and so when you walk through that line of logic, based on you know, facts and precedents and everything else that's out there. I just don't see how this goes through, but it needs to have these sort of discussions like we're having now, not only for the implications of what this particular measure would do in more versus the U.S., but how we should be governing and taxing for the future, um, I think should also be a point of this discussion. Now, it's, it's a top of mind issue for me because I, I want to keep more of what I what I. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Me too. And on, on, on that gains versus losses, uh, I want to make sure that the losses are covered because I can promise you this. If I invest in it, it's gone in yep. the tank. <laughs> That's yes. been my That's history. Right. <laughs> Vance, good. Vance, good. Thank you so much for your time, your insight. We truly appreciate it, my friend. Chief economist at the Pelican Institute and former economist for the White House Office of Management and Budget. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. We'll, and we'll be right back, folks. We're here at the People's Health Medicare Center at 3017 Veterans Boulevard. We're in the open enrollment period, which ends on Thursday, December 7th. So the experts are here. If you want some assistance, come on out and see us. We're broadcasting live. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.